Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Gentlemen, how are you this fantastic morning? Feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah good. Just FYI about this episode, this is a pre-recorded episode. Tommy, once again, is leaving us, so he is hard at work doing the job. So we make him stay up late and do a podcast with us. <laughs> well, I'm just excited to be here, and, and what a topic today, too. So, oh boy, well, we, we're walking into this one. This this is a this is going to be a let's learn together episode. You know, it, it's a it's actually a good thing that we're not doing this in the morning because it probably would just be dead silence for like 15 minutes while we <laughs> try to digest what's going on in these articles. So at least the engine's been running all day long. True that that I can pick up. I think some of the context of what's being thrown down um, in the in the new window functions, but yeah, it's uh, there. It's a doozy, man. Like it, it's um, it's very reminiscent. Reading Jeffrey Wang's blog articles about this is very reminiscent of Marco and Alberto's stuff on SQL BI, right? Mm-hmm. Just, okay, I'm gonna reread this con- this this paragraph three or four times, and I might have it then, and then I need to go practice. I need to go play. So, so, so this is a so topic for today is all around these new announcements. I think there's, is it five? It's five new functions that are appearing in DAX in the December release of Power BI Desktop. So we have uh, three functions called index, offset, and window, and then we have two helper functions that go along with this one, which is order by and partition by. And so this was announced just recently in the in the December. Uh, 2022 last this was announced last year uh in december when uh when this feature came out <laughs> december of last year so long ago <laughs> exactly <laughs> so let's talk so let's start off with the easy stuff right so let's start with the microsoft documentation piece so i'll put all these links inside the, the description of this video so people have it so you can you can look up these articles on your own um Let's talk about what their use cases are and maybe kind of initially go over what are the windowing functions. Maybe I'll kick it over to Tommy. Tommy, give us kind of a little boy. run around the horn here or, or just a, a brief summary as what, what we're looking like what we're introducing here. So just like the, the name suggests, the window functions in Power BI uh, really focus only on the visual or the context in, in a current visual based on the row. And Every other time that we've really dealt with DAX, we've tried to, um, you know, really ex- exercise our minds to think of the model. But with window functions, it really is whatever is the order and what's on that particular visual, whether you have that table. And it's basically the ability on the visual itself to um, either kind of change the index or basically what row you're looking at, but o- focus rather just on the visual and not um on the model that we that we're so used to so i I think it's it's relevant here to kind of note like there are three kinds of formulas like the window function is basically looking at like so this is something that i this comes from sql seth right this is a sql kind of based yeah concept right these are all right sql window functions basically allow you to do summarizations or aggregations on different on explicitly defined mm-hmm. parameters right or, or partition right? you're almost yeah. you're almost grouping things and saying right. in multiple different ways depending on which function you use 
um, you're saying this is how I want to group these things together in a context within the whole as, as opposed to just doing a group by this, group by that, group by that. Yep. Um, and it gets more powerful depending on the use cases where you can identify patterns in your data um, that we we just didn't have a really easy way to do in DAX, but SQL is supported for a while. <laughs> So I want to point out a comment here in the, in the Power BI blog that was just released, two statements that are, I think, very telling as to what's going to be happening here. So there's, al there's already a number of blogs. I think everyone got excited about these functions. I've seen a number of blogs come around Christmas time. You know, stuff's been popping up. People are continually talking about this, trying to get their head around it as well, getting in and playing with this. But here's, here's the two sentences that I think make sense, or at least allude to what's coming here. Um, it says, as you can see below, the DAX required to perform these calculations is indeed easier than the DAX required without them. So it's adding some layer of simplicity to the DAX calculations. But the next step, the next sentence is one that gets me. However, all these functions are very powerful and super flexible. They require a fair amount of complexity to make them work correctly. So it's one of these. So yet. Yet again, we're adding more filter context to, or, you know, uh, row level context, whatever the heck we're doing here, context transitions. We're adding another layer to this inside the, the ability to write more DAX here. So I, I think in general, I think this is going to be very good. I do think this is going to take a bit of time for people to absorb and figure out the best patterns on how to utilize this. I'll actually be interested to see if these take off faster than some of the other DAX functions, though, right? Because the, the challenge, because there's a SQL history here, that's true. People are familiar with some of the patterns of how they would use mm -hmm. um, the, they, they understand the context between these rows, right? Like right. It, it's, whereas DAX, it's harder for the person coming with a little SQL knowledge to come in and figure out how you would do cross row calculations mm -hmm. right um within the dax calculation itself and you have the purist i'm sure that's yelling at me and saying like oh yeah you could totally do this beforehand it's not a big deal <laughs> um being being the sequel guy right yeah it, it, it very in, much more intuitive to me to use one of these functions be like oh yeah it totally works like i would do a row number partition by you know group by etc in sequel mm -hmm. so, so i don't know what all right, good talk. We're done here. Well, I mean, this really does. It is still DAX, and it does work in Tabular Editor, which I, I was a little worried about since it, the DAX technically is not part of the model. Um, but one of the things that it's just a drastically different way of thinking. Yeah, for the uh, for the SQL developers out there, this is. I I've seen more than one article where uh, they've been like. Thank goodness it's good to have it back because this was something available. We've trained our minds and our the way we're trying to evaluate and conceptualize the data model and the numbers that we're showing solely based on uh, evaluation context and the filter context and what the relationships are. And technically speaking, like uh, at least with the the window and the offset. You know, that really just focuses on the individual visual. I don't know how that affects the filtering. Um, the examples that I've done or tested out, they're, I have to say, I'm, I'm pretty impressed in terms of just getting some of the general numbers out there of looking at um, like rolling average or the current, peer, uh, 
current versus the previous period. Yep. And I, I really think, it, I mean, it's not a super easy though, and to set up. It's, well, it's this is this is. I mean, how would you do this normally if you're writing the stacks, right? So you had to kind of where I think this adds some simplicity for me, my mind, my mental model of how this would work, right? Every bar on the bar chart has a data point to where it's at, and you can it it knows as what I would have done typically. What I've done, I would have made a variable. I would have done a selected value. I would have determined what that value was, and then I could then use math to kind of manipulate the filter context to get the calculation that I wanted, right? So to your point, Tommy, a rolling average. Yeah, that's one of those windowing functions that you need a window of dates, the last five days, the last month, whatever, a rolling average last 12 months. That's a very common calculation. This makes it a lot easier to kind of get over that hump because it's literally one line of code that gives you that rolling average type piece, which I think is very helpful. Any other examples that you tried, Tommy, that were any yeah, ones that you tried so, that didn't go well? <laughs> yeah, there, there was actually one. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up right now. Which one? It was the uh, window function, but it's basically, you even though you're like, oh, I don't have to do all that advanced stacks. Well, if, if I want to do certain like window functions or look at like the rolling average, mm -hmm. you have to you know, figure um, begin to understand a partition within a visual, which just makes things look uh for for a new user it's i i really worry about this and it's based on the models based on how you're ordering things and it's also based on if the columns are in the same table or not honestly though like from uh, that particular visuals point of view and what that number showed mm -hmm. it uh, you know just to see like the previous period or show the rolling three averages one of the examples i believe it was nico um and i think that was on linkedin so I apologize if I'm getting that wrong, but it was, yeah, is the data Mozart. So Nicola mm -hmm. talks about customer lifetime value. Mm -hmm. I thought this was really cool, but it's a little worrying because, uh, because how does that actually look in a card and how else would you report on that? And I think to me, the, even though there's a lot of use cases for that particular visual, especially if we're doing quick comparisons, um you know the this product versus that product or uh looking you know something that's not necessarily i don't want to say sensitive data but that's easy to do but the pr i think for me the problem is when it expands into how they're how else are you going to report on that so let's say the, the customer lifetime value like the average days of a customer purchasing well that works super well using the window functions in the table when those columns are there mm -hmm. but that may be a KPI of what's the overall number, right? So I, I I worry about that side of things in terms of where I I do have my concerns. Well, I mean, I think in in this case, like if you think about what's on the visual itself, like I think the reason why they're and I'm looking at uh, Nicola's example here, it appears to me as the the nuance here or the opportunity here is you can pick the column by which your data is being grouped by, right? The group by statement. So if I, if I did this in SQL, I would say, you know, he's talking about lifetime value, right? I have, I have a list of transactions by customer, right? I wanna calculate a total for an entire customer, right? What's their, what is their total dollar spend that they've given me over the, you know, seven or eight transactions each, each customer has had? 
the windowing function enables you to say, partition this data by the individual customer. So you can calculate your total sales, sum of sales, whatever that may be. And then you can group by like a text column, which you could do that before, but it's just, it's all one line or one statement. I don't know. This is this is where I get to the point of like, I really need to understand the context of what it's going through here and why it's doing, um, what is it doing so I can understand exactly what these functions are, are, are working through. Like, I'm not sure I quite understand why the partition pie is there in all these cases um, and how his example is explaining that I think is doing a good job. I just need to spend more time with it, I think. So it's a good thing that in his first, it, well, the, the ironic thing is we're, we're looking at three functions and it takes two entire blogs to, to describe everything yeah. that's going on. Totally. In the first one, there, there's, let, let's just walk through that then, right? Because there yeah. is a, how do window functions work? Yeah, maybe, he's got a good example maybe, there. Maybe your question around partitions will be answered, right? <laughs> so yeah, um, he, he breaks it down into five steps, right? So take all the rows of the table as specified by the table parameter, right? So we're talking about the, the components of the function. Divide the rows into separate partitions by the unique values of the partition by columns, right? So if you're thinking about it, like the partition is you're just choosing, um, it's like a summarized by choosing kind of your group, your group yeah. by like partition by these, like what is the uniqueness? And that's defined by your partitions. Um, third is sort the rows within each partition according to the order by columns and sorting directions, right? A, a, a a valuable one is like, do you want to sort um, ascending or descending with your dates, mm -hmm. right? If date is part of whatever, alphabetically, however you want to, you know, do things. But the sort order matters. Yep. Determine the current partition and if necessary, the current row within the partition. See, that's where I'm like, uh, read that again one more time. Determine the current partition and yep. if necessary, the current row within the partition. So what are you how is he specifying that though? Like so that, that, that would be your that would be your date ordering, right? So if I have a partition, all the transaction that Michael made, and then I'm on transaction number two, right? And so it's like, it's almost like you can you can indicate, okay, we're ordering right. by dates, right? Because you could sort dates in descending or ascending order, right? So it's like yeah. there's the grouping column and then there's the sorting column. So then if there's a sort column, then you need to have two dimensions that describe the position of that individual row. So gotcha. maybe that's what he's referring to. I'll keep chewing on this one. So then five is basically the description of each what of each of the functions do, right? So return yeah. zero one or more rows within the current partition. So offset returns zero or one row at a certain distance from the current row. That makes sense. I know where I'm at. I'm going up or down. <laughs> yep, up or down. Index returns zero or one row at a fixed position in the current partition. Um, is that similar to, that'd be like similar to doing like your row number, right? Like if it's yeah, a row number calculation where you're doing partition by and then you're defining, I always want position number one yes. to be returned by, right? Because like uh, a, a use case I use in SQL all the time prior and now could can use pretty here. easily here, I think, is 
I have multiple records returned in the same day. Yes. Right. I I want you to return me the newest or or the first or last, right? Mm-hmm. Based on a date, a date sort time a date. stamp or something, right? So you're sorting, you're partitioning by that unique row, whatever it is, mm-hmm. getting it down to that subset of the same X number of values, and then you're discarding all of them because you're only going to choose the one one row. Yes. I think that's what index would be used. So it'd be similar to that, right? Well, index is an absolute positioning, right? So that's, you know, whatever's yeah. in the table, it's an absolute position across the entire thing. For for that partition. So if you were looking at each customer, the absolute position, I believe you can set up as, it, if you say like basically like the partitions, the table or a virtual table, that absolute position would be, let's say the sorting order, the customer's uh, purchase dates, right? So each index would be one would be for each customer their first purchase date. So that's so window so, is interesting yeah. to me though. Like, and you guys can tell me if I'm dumb here, but window returns all the rows in between a lower bound and an upper bound. Either bound is a row at a certain distance from the current row or at a fixed position in the current partition. Could could we use that for? I mean, that is kind of like, like returning limited numbers of values and tables. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's no top, there's no easy top end sometimes in mm, that's true. Dynamically generating, like give me a page, page through my table. Right. Because yeah. like power BI just says, exceeded memory resources. <laughs> you, you've killed me. I can't, I wonder, I no wonder more if we memory. Could, I wonder if we could utilize that in some dynamic way where you're keen off of a, a function that just gives you the top x number in the bound like up upper lower it, it that i i i thought about like when i hear upper and lower bound mm-hmm. that's where i go with my thoughts like i've always wanted a, an easy button in that i want to page through tables or you know i don't yeah. want to generate the entirety of the data set because yes. that's obviously not what i want to do in the least performing visual of of a power bi report yes but yet that's where i'm going to get that exceeded memory error more often than not so in in the article, and again, I don't know if you guys are following on this one too, but on the article from Jeffrey Wang, talking through uh, it's it's pbidax.wordpress.com, he does a there's an it, there's an interesting diagram on the syntax of window functions. And if you go to that one, to me that sounds like to me this is where I'm the windowing seems to make a lot more sense to me in this one because as Dax is evaluating a table there's always this concept of what is the current row, which I think is very interesting here because this is the filter context piece that we talk about when we teach DAX to people. You have various dimensions and then a measure, right? The measure has the context of the the, the two dimension columns. In this example, he has, he has customer and dates. So they have the dimension of customer being Alexandria. The date is 11-13-2019. So that is... If you're in the context of that row, the relative or absolute positioning with the windowing. So if you're using relative position, he has a good little diagram that says, oh, relatively, if you're minus one relative, you just go up one row. If you have, you know, minus one to two, you would go two positions above. And so that that defines the window around that single row context. I really like this function though. Like I feel like the window function seems to me right now very, way more useful than the absolute positioning for things that I would use 
in calculations at this point. Honestly, it's it's pretty hard to say, and I think that where my question is is how much should this be implemented? Because I think it's it's too it's not difficult to say at all that this is absolutely a valuable feature. I don't know where I'd rank it uh, if this is more impactful than uh, field parameters. And for me, like right off the bat, um, this is something that I'm going to be looking to do in existing solutions. I think it. I think it's going to be important to understand when to apply this, though. Right. Right. So I, I feel like a field parameter has a very specific use case. Right. I want to switch this calculation from one thing to another on a single visual, and I wanted to select it with like a button. That makes to me that makes sense. This one I feel is a bit more nuanced. Yes. You could, and the thing is, this is in addition to what you could have already done previously by using DAX patterns, right? Mm -hmm. So all this is doing is like adding another tool to your library or another tool inside your tool belt that you could use. But again, I don't think I would want to roll out any, well, let, me, let me say it this way. I already look at it, I'm already thinking about a use case in a report that I have right now that needs windowing right, right now. Right. But do and I, I want to roll with that feature right now? Like I may play with it to figure it out if it works, but I'm not sure if I really want to roll out into production this feature right away because I'm not sure if I understand it all the way yet. So, and I, I think it's, it's, it can solve the, yeah. And I, and I, I think that's the part where I'm looking towards now is there are always going to be more, more updates. And I think the big thing is this is a quick and easy solution. If I was trying to do something on a bar chart, just to say the pre, you know, just it's almost like one of those uh, cool you can now showcase it. But in terms of actually reporting and <clears throat> again, really showcasing and saying this, these are our numbers. Uh, How long do you wait till you put it in production? That's my question. Well, why would you hold back on putting in production as long as you validated that your outputs are what you would expect them to be? That's, that's true. I mean, it's not it's not like it's a beta feature. Yes, also true. Right. The stuff I, that I scares think, me is the language think, of like, it's it's easy to like, you know, it, that's so the stuff that scares me though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and I'm 100% I'm with you on that one, right? Because <laughs> in, the, in the context of my simple mind of yes. how I use SQL window functions, that was yes. within the context of a table. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. So, but that doesn't mean that you can't use this calculation in other places or visualizations with power BI. like and and immediately my mind just goes i don't know where how to do that I, i'd have to go play like is this a bar yep. chart is this like showing this value yes. against this value what's what doesn't <laughs> doesn't scare the bejesus out of me but it is certainly like oh man we're stepping into the that well of depth right yeah is just exactly scroll down scroll down a little bit further in the blog and and mm -hmm. nail the header what if there is no current partition or current row yeah. Right? Yes. And and this is where all of the like sudden, a current like, like a they card create new words right where within there he's like the DAX engine right in the previous so he says here, let me just read this in the in a previous example he showed we are lucky in that evaluation context happens to have all the columns necessary to identify the current row this is my thought in the table right yep like I have sure all the you have all I the need. records yes but but what if some columns are missing or Worse yet, all columns are absent. DAX expressions must work in all contexts. That's the fundamental fundamental reason that measures can be reused in any report. 
the DAX engine team has implemented a concept. Warning bells. Boop, boop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> implemented a concept called apply semantics to window functions so that they not only don't fail when there isn't enough information in the evaluation context to identify a unique partition or row, but they even return meaningful results in common scenarios. The name apply semantics in quotes was inspired mm -hmm. by the cross apply operator of T SQL. Now, like there's a lot to unpack in there because it's like, yes. Hey, one, it's great that like, I'm not going to put myself in a position where I create a, a, a DAX function and it just blows up my visual. It doesn't work or like, and I've got to troubleshoot something, mm -hmm. but now it will work in, in every context. What does that mean? Right? Like now I got to figure out yes. what is, what is this calculation going to do in certain visual re visual and representations? And then there's like that's the edge case seven stuff. bullets, right? Where he just yes. goes down deeper and deeper and deeper into like, here's what we've thought about. And this is why it's going to work. And this is the type of stuff that like, it's going to take a bit to just chew on and test out, I think, practically. I'm just before, reading and I'm before reading I'm like these... super, super comfortable using yes. it in all applications. Correct. And I think I think if I had a single bar chart and I'm building a model and I'm not expecting people to go consume this after I'm done, yeah, I could probably use a windowing function. Rolling average, here we go. Like I think I know I, I think I can understand that one. But when it starts saying like it's like, you know, these applied semantics and Okay, well, what happens is someone takes that measure and tries to put it in an Excel report or on a card or as a fit, like wherever this thing mm -hmm. lives. Like, I don't know where it's going to be applied. Right. So now I'm looking I'm kinda, at it going, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad this is pre-recorded because I guaranteed you if Baldini is in, in watching this right now. Yeah, but, oh, it's so simple. Off in the chat. <laughs> maybe, maybe at this point it's like, oh, great point, Greg. Yeah. Everybody just listen to Greg. He's already digested all this. Yes, exactly. Here understands it. <laughs> So that's, uh, I think that's my hesitation, right? If I, if I haven't, like, I don't think I would want to apply something like this into a model unless I really had some good runtime on it. And this is probably with any, I mean, this is for this fight, these features in Dax, but if you, th if you think about like anything new that's coming out, Power yeah, but, or, or ever, you kind of, why would you, why would you say, why would you say you would hesitate to put it in your model? Like in my mind, there are very, very easy use cases where I I would absolutely I could apply this or replace complex solutions that we built either behind the scenes mm -hmm. to surface up the data or go through the exercise of like what you were saying like build out the DAX calculation that's going to go iterate over these things and identify in columns like especially when you're doing red yellow green right you want to identify mm -hmm. the bad in the good versus sure like this would be a prime example of like doing that in a table format. Like, so I, I don't get like, oh, I'd, I'd hesitate to use it at all. I would say I'd hesitate to use it outside of where I'm very, very like familiar and I understand that True. it would work. Okay. That maybe that's what I mean. Me. So maybe that's what more of what I'm saying. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I was going to use it, I would only use it in places where I'm very familiar with the data model. I understand what's going on. I'm not trying to, you know, oh, new feature came out, just rip, rip out this DAX, drop it in. <laughs> ship it you know maybe, kind of thing maybe the maybe the measure name needs to be like table only underscore <laughs> yes, exactly. i don't know yeah. maybe like I, but this is this is why i like learning from the community right because other so while i'm learning this i'm starting to divest you know invest my time to figure this out 
you know, Jeffrey's blogging about it. Nicola's blogging about it. Like there's other people that are already experimenting with this one. It's the same thing for like calculation groups. Um, I'm trying to remember the gentleman who's, who's done a ton of calculation. Bernat. Groups. Uh, Bernat. Tons of calculation groups. And he's giving me like a whole bunch more things to think about, like in this calculation group writing experience where, oh, if you write it this way, you can cover these edge cases that don't calculate the correct thing. Oh, cool. Right. So other people are going to explore this idea and figure out part of the solution. I just feel like I need some more runtime on the learning and seeing what other people do with it and, and digesting how it's the best utilized inside a report. So I guess, would you probably then agree that this for the Power BI developer um, who maybe has been using DAX for a while or whoever they're at in their journey, would you say this needs to be part of the tool belt? This is a, a necess not necessarily necessarily used, but you should know how to use this. Is this just another thing added to the skills skill set? It's probably like another module in your advanced DAX class. That's what I'm thinking, right? I don't I don't think you're going to be like, oh, hey, look, we just learned how to how to write sums and average X and iterators in, in DAX. Oh, by the way. We're not going to teach you like windowing functions. I think that may be something that might come out a little bit later after you get start understanding filter context. Because there is this there is this concept of like you have to be able to think about where I am at the row context level, because that row, what row you're in, filter context means a lot to this. <laughs> okay. One. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna back up because I moved on to the second blog article. Oh no. So we just we just talked about apply semantics, right? And like yeah. how I didn't even want to get into the steps. So there's a section in here and no kidding, because SQL BI reached out to Jeffrey, right? There's a header in here, a more accurate description of the apply semantics. <laughs> so I'm going to read this too, because like, okay, this, this is really good word. It's probably, if we recall from the last time, apply semantics in quotes yeah, yeah and he even italicized it now yeah as outlined in the section what if there is no current partition or current row refers to the way that the dax engine returns potentially more than one output when there's no clear current row or current partition from hmm? the context right so we knew it. we've declared oh. that and here's really Alberto Ferrari <laughs> from SQL BI team pointed out a flaw in the steps Rest assured that the outlined steps were not the actual algorithm implemented in the DAX engine, uh. but just an attempt to give users a mental model on how to interpret the results when apply semantics kicks in. Below is a second attempt to explain how apply semantic works. And I am going to go through these four because they look much simpler. <laughs> yes. The other one was like seven. I'm like, I'm getting really nervous going, oh my gosh. Find all possible rows of columns from table by taking into account the current evaluation context. I example, apply all filters. Makes sense. Okay. Apply the filters first. Yes. Second, for each row from number one, yep. locate the current partition and then the current row within the partition perform steps three and four. Okay. okay. So now it's positioning itself in each of the partitions by row. And that, yeah, and current row. Mm -hmm. So, and then perform, calculate, calculate the result row or rows as defined by the semantics of the window function and output the rows as long as they have not been output already. That's easier for me to digest. I don't, I don't like, I'll have to practice and see how it works yes, right? <laughs> without the context. The yes. But at least, at least the words are ingraining in my head. So, <laughs> so go into the second blog article, which we have posted as well um, to, to further digest the, 
apply semantics part of the feature. And if all else fails, you can always have three new DAX functions to help you debug mm -hmm. it, which is called evaluate and log, two CSV and two JSON. <laughs> 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 This yeah. is like a spiraling hole. My of like, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't think you were a developer before. I, I do love, though, that like they, they, these are obviously much, they're, they're more complex table functions, right? That come totally from, from SQL. But the cool thing is right after that, they're like the evolution of um, evaluate and log, right? That just came out. That was a function hmm? that allows you to troubleshoot some of this a lot easier. Um, so there's yes. a whole other section within there that uh, like, provides examples of how you would determine, which I'm sure we'll all need at some point as we explore further the capabilities of these, um, what is actually being output uh, in in the the DAX function and data. I think I'm just going to wait for tabular editor just to automatically add a whole bunch of evaluate and logs <laughs> all over my functions. There's, there's probably Someone's going to write a script that says, hey, I'm going to write a script that's going to go through every formula and wrap it and evaluate and log and then take it away so I can turn it all, de turn debugging on, turn debugging off. Just automatically happens. Tommy, there's, yeah. there you go. Another script idea for you for uh, TE. No, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not touching this one in terms of <laughs> with, with the window functions. I, I think, yeah, I, I definitely feel this is something that I'm trying to learn at first. I'm like, you know what, maybe I'll uh, kind of like stay away and just kind of read about it. But just again, utilizing some of the examples in a, a demo a data set and just kind of looking at the comparison. I'm, <laughs> I'm impressed. I was pretty impressed in terms of just getting the number quickly. Uh, Chris Webb actually just came out with a, um, an article too. I think this week and saying the impact for window functions on direct query. And let me see if I can find that. I, I oh, I did. See, yes. Yeah. I did see that one. And I didn't get a chance to read that one all the way through before the podcast. So I'll have to quickly skim that one. So, um, so that's what I was going to, I think, mention too, right? Like in, in that second blog article, he does describe the performance of improvement functions. Okay. You know, that's true too. So that that's an advantage why you'd want to use it, right? Well, it, it's it's not going to be the most performant thing in the world, right? So we've talked about the the differences between um, your uh, uh, formula versus storage engine, right? Mm -hmm. In the, in terms yes. of compute, so compute. So this is all on the formula side, um, and they're not pushed into the VertiPack engine for import models or folded into SQL for direct query models, right? So these these mm -hmm. are not going to probably perform very well if you've tens of millions of rows right, mm -hmm. in, in, yeah. a, in a table, which they don't in SQL either, right? Because you're fabricating these contexts and grouping by things. I would agree uh, with that as well, but I don't understand. So what's the, what's the gist, Tommy, in, in Chris's article around for performance for direct query mode? Is it, fold, is it somehow folding up those queries back up in a way that yeah. lets you aggregate better? What's, so the, what's the kind of the it, premise there? Basically, the idea with the article is it drastically, if you're doing aggregations as well, um, will drastically reduce trying to do those same comparisons if you were to do that in DAX. Gotcha. So there's, there's without those windowing functions, oh. the SQL queries that are folding back up to the direct query engine is more verbose. Would, would, take, longer, says, would take longer. Would take longer. So then yeah, by using the windowing, you're shortcutting some of that. 
Yeah. It, to, oh my gosh. A direct query onto a window, a SQL window function. Whew. Yeah. No, I've, I've never, my application is more in import where I would need to identify something yeah. like that. Um, but like I said, like I, I know for, for instance, um, several, several places instantly that we could probably test out the feature if we wanted to. Yeah. And I think it's just like the value add here is knowing that this is an option in those cases could, could save you a lot of time um, in having to adjust your views or your, your data source to mm -hmm. go create um, those types of interactions. And if you think about it, we're like my, my whole coming into this conversation was like, Oh, SQL all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. But what if you don't have a SQL source right now? This is a, even more powerful because I now have that ability to do that in the report. Oh, that's Whereas true. Whereas before, I don't even know. Can we do this? Is there is there some sort of functioning where you can do this in Power Query? Oh, no. I don't Ooh. think so. I didn't think so. I, I think if you're doing any kind of this stuff where like somebody that, somebody else goes, "You guys are idiots." Of course you can. This is how you do it. Well, where's Palace <laughs> Powers when you need them? Like, hey, Alex. Yeah, no, no. I think jump you can. in here. I think uh, you, you can. can. Uh, you so I think you can, but you have to do like a, but it would be like multi-step, multi-column. Like you need it in a function. I thought I think a function is right. where that starts applying, right? It gets harder to get row context at the Power Query level to jump up and down in rows there as well. But I know you can do it. I just feel like it's a function based. Yeah, I, I effort. recall. I recall. I think Gil in his book had a walkthrough that's like kind of scratch in the back mm. of my brain when I was deep in that, and we were talking about that a lot. Where it was a it was pretty in depth, but I think you can like perform something similar or like I don't know. But this way is much more streamlined and straightforward to to do those calculations in the reporting layer now. Now that I think about it even above and beyond the value increases when I don't have a source where that that's uh, a capability that I, I have available to me when I'm prepping my data before I send it to Power BI. It's really interesting what this direct query article is, is fabricated. So I mean, what, what I think Chris is doing in the article here is actually using the offset function through direct query and he's watching the SQL that is being executed against the server, All right? So in DAX, mm -hmm. use the previous statement, do a year-over-year -year calculation, then do it again using the offset method. And then he's looking at the resulting data table that's coming out of it. And it's substantially simplified compared to what it was previously. Oh, really? Yes. So his, so so what is what is this article about? It, the the argument that using these is faster. Yes. To, like in in Power BI in DAX, and it simplifies the query passed back to SQL. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the um. So oh, in, so the I get it. Okay, so the so argument he, is so basically he said here really here's a big table. It has data by date and by year. In the form, in the in the example that he gives, he goes, "Okay, here's the yearly totals of each of these values. Okay, I want to do a calculate statement that says calculate total sales same period last year. So basically, take the dates, roll them up, rip them back out, recalculate it for the same prior, previous period of time. So this year's sales, uh, and then being able to get the the prior year version of sales. He then rewrites the same equation, calculate." sales amount and then this time uses the offset function to go back one year prior and when he does that 
the resultant table does not produce a SQL query that has every single date with its dollar amount. In this case, it actually takes the context of each year and rolls up by year the calendar year element. And then so instead of having, you know, you're returning less data, you're yeah. returning less data from the database. Yes. So this is one example that he I love what Chris does because he so he goes so deep on a single like idea and goes, hey, here's a concept and walks the example really detailed through and tells you like exactly like here's what I did, here's how I tested it. This really appeals to my engineering mind in this case. But from the article, it looks like it's a lot around, okay, now that you're, yeah, of course, running a query back to the backend server where it's doing um, 365 rows versus just one row for each year. Yeah, of course, that's going to be faster. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It, it's... Um... I can't, he's going to have couple, there's a couple of interesting aspects of the article, right? Like yeah. the, the, minimizing data being sent back and forth is you know, always a good thing. Huge. So it's like Especially rather than hurry. rather than provide the details and then do the sum, summarization, right? Yeah. In Power BI, it's yeah. just like here's the summarization that you're asking for. Correct. <laughs> Already rolled up to the right level. Yeah. It's cool. Pretty slick. Well, we, we've done it again. We've burned through a perfectly good 41, two minutes of uh, the entire window functions. I hope you found some value from here and how we're not going to use it right away, but we're definitely going to start exploring it a bit more. So this was kind of our, uh, an interesting episode. We're going to try and digest. We're trying to learn about how this window function works. Um, there is a ton of good articles that have come out. So we'll, we'll link to all of those. The initial blog article that Microsoft gave Nicola's article looking at the windowing function, the two articles from Jeffrey Wang, and then we'll also throw in here the one from Chris Webb, again, doing a really good job of kind of getting our head around what does this window function mean and how do we utilize this or offset or the index one as well. So we can kind of get our head around what that's going to look like. I, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic is what I'll say. Test but verifies will be where I kind of land on this one. Excellent. All right, Tommy. Uh, I, oh, I forgot to, I forgot to do the outro. We thank you outro. all very, I got to do the outro now. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's been that, it's been that kind of day. Thank you all very much for listening. We appreciate your listenership. Uh, if you found some value from this, if this helped spur some information around DAX windowing functions for you, we would love it if you would share it with somebody else. We really appreciate the, uh, the positive feedback and sharing with your other individuals across social medias or at work. Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere they're available, Apple, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, or yeah, Apple Podcasts. Join the conversation live Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7.30 a.m. Central. Sounds YouTube. good. Love it. Thank you all very much, and we'll see you next time.